0: Here's your host who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham.
1: <laughs> Thank you to the voice of Ryan Treasure. I never remember whether I said this is the future or that's the future or this is the past. So I'm just going to go up in the air there. Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now. We were named in 2022 by a company called Applandia. We were named as a top 10 business and tech podcast for entrepreneurs. And I think I'd like to think we're a top 10 for everybody because we talk about interesting topics that affect all of you or people you know in actual real real people terminology we're not getting in the weeds so there this is an interesting topic today and as my regular listeners loyal listeners and viewers hello everybody wave hello to linkedin everybody wave hello to facebook there we are and i'll introduce my esteemed panelists in a minute this topic has been in the news in the the realm of politics recently but we're not going to get political and as all of you know i like to use something called ChatGPT, which is an llm it's a chat bot it is uh, based on a a database of facts that limit it to 2021, I think. That's it. But it's got machine learning and it learns and improves. So I always ask my opening question for the show each week to Chat GPT and it gives me answers. So let me tell you what my research showed. I asked ChatGPT, tell me about, here we go, HR, resumes, and AI. Now, Those of you from the old school know that HR used to be human resources. Then it was called human capital. Then it was called assets. It's been called all kinds of things. AI is artificial intelligence. And who doesn't know what a resume is? And if you're really sharp, you put the accent Azu on the second E. ChatGPT responded, AI is changing the HR industry, particularly when it comes to resume screening and recruitment processes. Bob's nodding, he knows. Resume screening is one of the most time consuming and resource intensive tasks in the recruitment process. AI-powered tools can help automate this, allowing HR professionals to quickly sift through many, many, many resumes to identify the most qualified candidates. And it uses NLP, that's natural language processing, algorithms, analyzing the content of the resumes to identify relevant skills and experiences, machine learning. However, ChatGPT makes this differentiation. AI is not a substitute for human judgment when it comes to recruitment. Now we all know you apply for a job anytime in probably the last 10 years, you go through a gateway and it's not a real person and it analyzes your resume and looks for keywords and it looks for buzzwords and you may never get to see or talk to a real person to get an interview. So I asked ChatGPT another question. I said, can job candidates use AI to (gasps) lie on their resume? Oh no, it's another word for cheating. I didn't say that. And here's the response, yes. It is possible for job candidates to use AI to lie on their resume, although they say it is not a common practice. I don't have statistics on that. I don't think Ron does either. We'll ask him in a minute. AI-powered tools can be used to, uh uh-oh, generate convincing descriptions of job experiences or skills the person didn't actually possess and create fake credentials or certifications. That just piles it up, doesn't it? However, ah, the flip side, many AI-powered tools are used by employers to detect fraudulent or misleading information on resumes, analyze patterns in the language the person used in the resume, or identify discrepancies, and this was very intriguing to me, between a candidate's skills they say they have and their social media profiles. I didn't know it did that so as I always do I want to quote from quote from movies on the topic or from songs. so I asked for songs about jobs and work and I got a couple of interesting titles Johnny paycheck any remember take this job and shove it yeah I think some of you do how about Donna summer one of my heroes from the disco era because mm-hmm. I used to teach disco dancing to hundreds thousands of people she works hard for the money yes she did how about Dolly Parton's infamous and famous movie and song nine to i I'm not supposed to sing sorry the Bangles did Manic Monday and Loverboy did working for the weekend. I think I have that right. So I have an esteemed panel and a shout out to my first guest, Ron Katz. Everybody just Wave to Ron because Ron engaged this panel for me and Ron met me through a former neighbor friend in a place I used to live. Ron Katz is with us. We have Donna McMillan, Donna wave. Hello. We have Bob Ficken, Bob early morning in California. Thank you for getting up early for us. And we have Veronica Rodriguez. Hello, Veronica wave. And the topic today is the future of HR and AI to tell the truth, question mark, question mark, question mark. And to me, the truth goes two ways. HR can use AI to make job descriptions that may not really tell the truth about what the job is. So we're gonna, everybody is, is, uh, everybody is relevant in this one. So let's go around the table. I'm gonna ask each of my guests to please introduce yourself. Ron Katz, you're up first. Ron, please tell us a little bit about what you do, what this topic means to you. What's your passion for AI and HR? Welcome, Ron.
0: Thank you. Um, so I've been involved in HR for several decades. And I remember the first time they started putting AI as such uh, in place and that we were scanning resumes with OCR. So, I mean, that gives you an idea about how long ago that was. And then it would seek out words, right? And then try and match those words. And in in a lot of ways, AI is still doing the same thing, but with with ChatGPT and and those type of uh, large language models, we're beginning to see uh, it, being able to draw inferences from the information versus just looking for specific words, and I think the inferences is is really going to make a big difference as
1: as that time moves on. How did you get involved in HR? What do you think about all of this? Let me have a little background on you. Well, I kind of fell into HR by accident.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. It must nope. be. I had been in a family business, and then. I took a job at, at a, uh, sorry, I took a job at a, at a staffing agency. Uh, and from that, I ended up getting into technical recruiting and moving into benefits and things like that. So uh, that was a while back, but it's uh, definitely something that uh, makes me excited because I like working with people and, and uh, gaining new insights into how people work.
1: Thank you very much. Interesting times if you come from far back in the industry. And I remember, I have some horrible memories of HR and remember we were always told back in the day, HR is not your friend. Do not tell them everything. They're not your therapist. They're not your mother. They're not your spouse. They are working for the company. Be careful what you say. I remember those days, that's not this topic today. Thank you very much, Ron. Donna McMillan, happy to have you here. Let's get to know you a little bit about what you do, what's your current role, how'd you fall into this and why are you here? What does this topic mean to you? Donna, welcome.
2: Well, actually I have a personal story of why this topic is so interesting to me. Back in January, I applied for a job here in my local community. I was perfectly qualified for this job, Every checked every box, I just was local, I just knew that I would get a phone call. Well, like three days later, I got a rejection letter, and I'm like, what, really, (laughs) I don't even want a phone call on this, so I thought, well, you know, okay, you know, didn't think much of it, just kind of rolled on, and then two months later, I get a call from a recruiter, and the recruiter, you know, describing the job and, and, you know, then tells me where it is. And I'm like, well, I applied for that job and I got rejected. So he says, well, do you mind if I just, you know, present you anyway? And I'm like, sure. You know, what the heck? You know, they've already rejected me, so be my guest. Well, it turns out the company claimed they had no record of me. And long story short, I start this new job on Monday. So somehow artificial intelligence weeded me out of this job that apparently the company thinks I'm the best candidate for. (laughs) That's kind of my my little story about why I am so interested in how artificial intelligence affects hiring because I was directly affected.
1: You are a case study. Ron, I didn't know you were inviting a, a human use case, they call it. I used to call it case study back in the day. Right. That's fascinating. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I get notifications from LinkedIn all the time. This job's available for broadcasting or for on-air radio or whatever. I apply all the time. And within usually about 12 hours, I, you are not a fit for this job thing. I, I know nobody looked at it. I know. And I can see how many people applied. It's so automated. Oh, I do yeah, it almost 100. as a as a joke right i almost do right. it as a joke Said, yeah let's get another rejection letter. it's like writing a novel and applying to uh 10, 10 100 publishers and yeah i know and and then eventually right. you become a star thank you donna very interesting <laughs> what what industry are you in what are you working in so Can we I'm,
2: I'm in human resources management um, <laughs>
1: Now that that is almost humorous because right. you were you were a apply- very very interesting yeah, human
2: resource manager, John, um, and I started my career in um, the temporary serve in temporary agencies managing a temporary service. So I started my career in recruiting and or hiring on that level, and then transitioned to um, hiring like executive level, and then um, did that for a few quite a few years. Had my own retained recruiting firm. And then transitioned into hr so it's it's been you know a transition over the last 25 years
1: you're my hero <laughs> <laughs> you're in the trenches lady thank you very much so nice to meet you love the story bob ficken he's awake he's with us bob it's so nice to meet you and bob has been sending me all kinds of interesting articles about things bob it's delightful to meet you would you please present yourself who are you why are you here what's your passion for our topic welcome
3: Oh, happy to be here. Thank you. Um, My name's Bob and I'm Robert if you get angry with me, uh, like my family uses. I've been in HR for about 30 years. I've been a university professor for over 20 years. And I am passionate about AI because in the same way that HRIS started changing the HR industry about 25, 30 years ago, AI is gonna change everything we do. And it's not just HR, it's gonna go beyond that. It's gonna change almost every industry, everything. But particularly in HR, it's going to have huge impact on almost everything we do, but particularly in the area of recruitment and selection that we're talking about today. You know, I've got a bachelor's, a master's, I'm finishing my PhD in human organizational development, and I've started four businesses of my own. And, you know, as Apple founder Steve Jobs once said, good companies wait for changes to occur and they react to them, but great companies create the future they want. So I think the better companies right now are taking AI and they're deciding what kind of future they want, and they're the ones that are going to come out ahead.
1: Very, very interesting. Uh, What did you think of Donna's story? Are you surprised that AI rejected her outright and then they didn't even know she had applied? Any quick comments on that, Bob?
3: (laughs) I'm not real surprised about anything AI does. Um, You know, it's still not perfect, obviously. I know that with the release of uh, Chatbot 4, that it's getting better and it will continue to get better as more as it has more use and it becomes more widespread. I I think incrementally it will get better each day, but no, I'm not surprised. I'm glad that it all worked out for Donna, but, uh, (laughs) Probably not the last time AI will make a mistake.
1: There you go. And then machine learning, the algorithms is learning from from itself. It's learning from its own experiences. It's it's teaching itself. That's the, that's the beauty, I think, of that. Thank you, Bob. Veronica Rodriguez, welcome. So happy to have you here. Please introduce yourself and tell us what's your passion and excitement for our topic. Veronica, welcome.
4: Thank you, Bonnie, I appreciate it. Um, so I've been in the HR industry or HR professional, better yet said, for over 20 years, and the last 15 years, I would say I've been in the leadership capacity. I have a real passion about going in and making HR functions efficient, which means digitizing the whole experience as much as possible. Bringing in new systems, resources, and really um, trying to get, elevate and leverage the technology that exists for HR professionals. But at the same time, I am aware that, you know, as we continue to advance in HR and use these systems in AI, Um, There has been a lot of frustration, I think, from the candidate perspective, because you apply to 40, 50 jobs and you get all rejection letters, even though you may be highly qualified for it. And so, you know, that that to me intrigues me because where are we losing the human touch on our recruitment process? How are we? Assessing those candidates that we're rejecting, are we going back and doing audits and reviews of that? So, to me, it's a really interesting topic because part of how I'm seeing this, you know, introduction for the candidate side of ChatGPT and and those type of chat, chat bots and, and so and um, and such, it's really looking at it that it's giving kind of the candidate now the tools that they need to be able to get their foot in the door. And yes, we may have some bad players in the mix, but at the same time it's kind of a a breath of fresh air, I think, for the candidate experience because now you have a tool that can talk
1: to our HR tools. Interesting perspective. Very, very interesting. Thank you, Veronica. Uh, it, It will be something that is still evolving, but I think many of us became aware several years ago that we were applying online we had to upload a resume we had to answer dozens or hundreds of questions anyway in addition to the uploaded document and we didn't know what was going to happen this was probably was well before the advent or the emergence and identification of chatbots but i think something was still going on behind the scenes and i remember when hr was run by a vice president of a company where it was all the human touch And I had a a job many, many years ago working for a bank in New York where I was told by my manager, you will never get a review as long as you work for this company. And for me, I'm putting your review in the round file. You will never get a raise. You're working for me and I'm running the company and that's the way it is. And for five years, my reviews were all trashed and I never got a raise in five years. And it was very, very interesting. So uh, that was when one human being had the full power over HR to, to heighten the, not the excitement, but the fear of employees living in fear of one person that was, so I don't know what's exactly better, the fear of AI or the fear of human beings, but we'll leave that alone. That was the the kind of human touch you didn't want to have. Thank you all for your introductions. I appreciate you all. I'm so happy you're here because we have a lot to talk about. I've asked each of you to send me a fictional quote from a movie or TV character or a song lyric that has nothing to do with work and job i mentioned some song lyrics and i'm going to ask you for the quote you picked i'll give the quote a little bit of background to tell me how in your own words it does relate to the topic so ron Katz, you're up first ron send us a quote from rapunzel voiced by mandy moore the movie tangled a 2010 american 3d computer animated musical adventure film fantasy comedy film now ron in recent years i've noticed that they're the mashups of genres We used to say, it's a fantasy, or it's a comedy, or it's a drama, or it's a romance, right, Donna? And now, listen to this, it's 3D, it's computer animated, it's a musical adventure fantasy comedy film. So what the heck is it? It's probably a lot of fun, produced by Walt Disney Animation Studios. What's interesting was, it spent six years in production in animation, it costs $260 million. It is the most expensive animated film ever made, Ron. And the title was changed from Rapunzel, the story of the girl with the golden hair in the tower to Tangled because they wanted to market it as gender neutral. It's the eighth grossing highest grossing film of 2010. So here is the quote Ron has selected venture outside your comfort zone. The rewards are worth it. That's very mature for Rapunzel to say, <laughs> Ron, what does this have to do with our topic? Please go ahead. Well, I think uh, it's fairly obvious,
0: you know, change is happening and you can either choose to be a change agent, right? And make the change happen or, or you can let change affect you. And, and, you know, we're seeing big technology companies going through massive rounds of layoffs again and and, uh, but in the meanwhile, this technology, Chat GPT, and, and, and uh, technologies like it, those same, those same people that are getting laid off from over here are getting hired over there. So um, there's a constant ebb and flow. And the, uh, we don't need to be afraid of what's, what's coming. I think there's got to be some guardrails in place. And I think uh, even today, uh, the federal government is talking about guardrails for this type of uh, this type of situation, but yeah, there's got to be guardrails in place. We're uh, and from an HR perspective, we're worried about you know uh, a DEI, we're worried about bias, we're worried about things like that, and so those need to be in place. And it's kind of it's kind of bizarre uh, that we have to stop and think about those things, but without the human aspect tied to the AI, we're, we're not gonna get the results we want and who knows what we'll get. So we don't need to be afraid, focus on a positive potential outcome,
1: right? I love having an optimist on the panel. Thank you very much. Very interesting. Yes, um, the good, the bad, and the, and the question mark on where we're going with all of this. Yes, guardrails are important, but talking about algorithms, Ron, somebody writes an algorithm. It's coded by somebody and their biases for better or for worse, are part of that, right? Veronica's nodding, I think she's nodding, yes. So we will always have the question of whose bias is in which algorithm and what is the impact of that? I don't think that's ever gonna go away at that level of algorithms. But when machines are writing them, then the question is what's left of the nascent or the originating bias that was written into it. But that's a whole other show. Let's move on, thank you. Donna McMillan, you've picked a great quote. I don't know if anybody has ever picked that quote from my show. I appreciate it. It's from Bachman Turner Overdrive, the Canadian rock band, from their song in 1974. It was actually a very, very successful song, released as a single. It had an instrumental track, a uh, side B freewheeling. It was number one on the Billboard Hot 100 singles chart, the Canadian chart in November 1974, their only major UK hit. Okay, the point is that it was a steal from The Who, apparently. That was what a Rolling Stone re- reporter, Dave Marsh, said. It was a direct steal from The Who, but an imaginative one. The chorus riffs, riff chords are similar to The Who's Baba O'Reilly, and the stuttering is reminiscent of something else. But what's interesting is Bachman said the song was a joke for his brother Gary, who had a stutter. It was meant. Ooh, you ain't need nothing yet. Bah, bah, bah. Anyway, they only intended it to be a recording for Gary and somehow somebody got a hold of it and it became one of the best hits they've ever had. So the quote is, you ain't seen nothing yet. Wow, Donna, what a great quote. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's good or bad. Where are we going and what are we going to see? Donna, talk to me.
2: Well, the reason I chose that quote is, you know, artificial intelligence has really come a long way, but... I think we are just scratching the surface, really, of what we're going to see artificial intelligence become in the future. I I just, I can't even imagine all the, uh, you know, the improvements and all the changes that are going to take place over the years. And so I realized that I picked a quote that was not very good grammatical English, but, um, you know, I really do feel like we ain't seen nothing yet as far as where artificial intelligence is is going to take us throughout the whole hiring process throughout. And and it's not just the hiring. It's about promotions. It's about, um, you know, everything to do with, you know, employee and job related. So I, I really feel like that we're we're just scratching the surface, even as long as it's been out of where artificial intelligence is going to take us with, um, you know, not just hiring, but also with promotions.
1: Donna, I think this is going to go up into the list of iconic quotes that I can suggest to future guests <laughs> on my shows. If people <laughs> well, can't come up platter. with a quote, I'll say, well, I, you picked a great one. People, I, I, the ones I suggest are you had me at hello from Dorothy Boyd and Jerry, Jerry Maguire. Show me the money from Jerry Maguire. Uh, the one from, um, a few good men, from uh, Colonel Nathan Jessup, Jack Nicholson, and the quote is, you can't handle the truth. These are iconic brief quotes that you can apply to any topic, and you ain't seen nothing yet. I'm going to put that on my list, so thank you very much, Donna. Well done. Let's go to Bob. Bob picked another iconic quote. We get this often. It was stated by Andy Dufresne, played by Tim Robbins, of course, and it was repeated later by Ellis Boyd. Red Redding, played by the one and only Morgan Freeman, the movie... Shawshank Redemption, 1994 American drama film based on a 1982 Stephen King novella, which was called Rita Hayworth and Shawshank Redemption. There we go. And here's the quote. I don't think I need to explain too much because everybody knows. Get busy living or get busy dying. Bob. I think uh,
3: part of that is because I just recently <laughs> finished reading uh, Jay She's book, uh, Think Like a Monk and The Power of Being Present. And when you think about it, you know, I teach change management at the university. And one of the things that you get are, you know, who's resistant to change? And everyone in the class raises their hand. And what you find out is that people are not resistant to change, they're actually resistant to change they either don't understand or they disagree with. And to me, this is the analogy of a giant wave crashing in on a beach. And you have two choices. You can try to resist the wave with all your might, And at the end of the day, the wave is gonna take you where it wants to, but you're gonna be spent and have nothing left to fight with it. Or you can let the wave take you to where it wants to take you. And then you'll have all your energy and resources when you get there. You know, whether people agree with AI or disagree with AI, I think I like this quote because AI is coming whether you agree with it or not. So I would encourage people to open their mind get on board learn about ai figure out how you can use ai and be an early adopter or at least you don't don't fall too far behind the co- the curve because we're really close to living in the age of the jetsons
1: <laughs> very well put does everybody here remember the jetsons oh. everybody old enough i have to be very careful saying that thank you bob very interesting yeah get on board one way or another it's like people who say they didn't want to do social media right they didn't want to do social networking well it's a fact of life now and what's interesting to me just tying that into one of my early uh, my openings bob was that these chat gpt the ai in hr apparently is looking at people's social media as part of whether their skills match. And I can't even imagine how that would be if somebody posts pictures of their family going on vacations or eating at Cracker Barrel, excuse me, with 14 people pretending to look happy around a table with mac and cheese in front of them. I don't know what they serve, I don't go there. Anyway, sorry Cracker Barrel, I'm sure you're wonderful. But my point is that I don't know what that has to do. It must be some kind of a very intense algorithm that would say, okay, this person posts this many things on Facebook or LinkedIn does this have to do with what they say they do in their resume that would be an interesting study but that's for future show Bob thank you very much Veronica I'm looking at your quote and you have sent a beautiful quote from a song called rainbow 2003 by Jack Johnson and the album this was on is called thicker than water from his surfing album. I've never heard of him. His help born in Hawaii, Jack Hody Johnson, born in 1975. I get to call him a young kid. American singer songwriter, filmmaker, former professional surfer, known for his work in soft rock and acoustic pop music genres. Eight studio albums, one soundtrack album, one remix album, two live albums, two extended re- e- plays, EPs, plays, 21 singles, four video albums, and he's only sold. Oh, what a slacker he is, Veronica. He's only sold 20 million albums around the world through his own record label, Brushfire Records. We're going to stop there. Here's the quote you picked, and it's beautiful. Well, I woke up this morning. A rainbow filled the sky. Oh, Veronica, how dreamy. What does this have to do with our topic? Talk to me. (laughs)
4: Well, I I took it to heart when you said it doesn't have to be related to the topic. It doesn't have to be related to anything. So I'm like, okay, this is kind of one of my favorite quotes. But, you know, after thinking about it over some time, um, you know, rainbows are truly inspirational. And at one point in our evolution, we thought they were given to us by divine beings, right? We didn't know the science behind it. And out of curiosity, I I think our, our human curiosity, we continue to push the limits of science and technology, Right. Not only uh, around rainbows, but we can manipulate them to appear anywhere. Now it doesn't have to be across the sky, but we can manipulate them to appear inside your house. You know, in, in different form forms and, and manners. And I think part of you know how I relate it to this is that our cu- human curiosity continues to drive us to explore um, the technology that we at one point just had a dream of. You know, whether it's the Jetsons or Star Trek or Star Wars. It's it's going to continue down the path of, we have dreamt about this technology, now we're going after and in, in search of creating it. And so we're at a point where, you know, the datas of the world, for example, from Star Trek, which is an AI driven, you know, character is a possibility now. And so that to me is a, a really interesting uh, space to be in. And so because of that, you know, to me, a rainbow is super inspirational and seeing it across the sky gives me always a warm and fuzzy. But I also think, you know, those types of inspirations drive us to look for how it's created, how it's made, what's the next level.
1: Thank you very much, very thoughtful. I have to listen to some of his music. I've never heard of him and I think it would be very, very beautiful. Nothing like surfing music. Bob, are you surfing while you're in California? You don't need to answer that, Bob, it's okay. Perfectly fine. Thank you all for doing, I'd like to say, doing the work on picking interesting quotes, but I I hope it's fun. I'll tell you all that for many, many years on this show and the show that preceded this series, I turned it from another series of mine. I asked people for famous quotes, and if I could tell you, I ran out of fingers and toes to count the number of quotes we got from Einstein and Churchill and Gandhi and Maya Angelou and JFK. And Shakespeare and it went on and on and on and on and so I decided around two years ago to just pep it up a little bit spark it up and said hey let's go to pop culture let's get quotes from Movies and TV and songs. And I think everybody had more fun with it. And I hope you all did. So thank you very much. Donna likes that. Let's go to our predictions. Here's what's going to happen. Ron and I have already negotiated. We're going to pick his prediction number two. It's in the chat. And I'm going to read it and ask Ron to unpack it. We'll pretend it's news, Ron. He's going to unpack it for about three minutes. If Bob, Donna, or Veronica, anyone or all of you want to comment on Ron's prediction, just Wiggle one of your nice fingers at me. I will see you. (laughs) I will see you and I will call you and keep your remarks to one or two minutes and we'll go around the table. It's fine. At that point, Donna, I will have picked a prediction for you, put it in the chat for you and we'll go around the table again. So here we go. Ron says in prediction number two, within two years. So here we are almost at the middle of 2023. So let's say mid 2025. AI will begin to sense mood. He puts it in quotes, mood of correspondence sent through email, chat and text messages and will alert HR of potential (gasps) turnover within the workplace. Oh, is this big brother, big sister, or big chat GPT? Okay. Position openings will automatically be generated for human approval. Ron, this is a wow. I don't know if it's dangerous or good or not, but as I said, HR is not your friend and neither is the internal chat in the company. Ron, let's hear about this. Go ahead. So uh,
0: as I've been attending uh, some webinars and and uh, learning about uh, various things that other uh, groups, even outside of HR, are doing. Uh, one of the things that is that they're using AI for is actually looking at correspondence in the meta in medicine uh, to make determinations about uh, people's moods and and people's emotions uh, tied around their correspondence with their doctors, so that they can. Uh, triage and find and uh, pick out the people who, who are gonna need the most help. Maybe it's, it's around mental health, uh, possible suicides, things like that. So using that same type of technology um, with AI, uh, we, sh- we should be able to in HR uh, examine the type of correspondence. And on the other side of it, I was listening to Josh Burson Ber- Josh uh, this morning and he was, he was talking about the fact that GPT-5, which is the next one that's gonna come out, uh, is actually gonna be able to analyze uh, video, uh, pictures, uh, other types of uh, input like that. And so then I said, well, what does that mean? And there's actually companies out there now who can look at a video that's either live or that's um, recorded and look see microexpressions and things that are going on with people and then use that information to, uh, to manage the process. And so I, I could see that working around uh, training and development. I could see that working around um, just attendance at meetings and trying to get a vibe for the direction the meeting should go. And uh, once, you know, HR is always concerned about turnover, right? And they're also concerned about uh, succession planning, right? And so if you have that, uh, insight into what might potentially be happening, it's kind of a Logan's Run kind of thing, I think, or, or uh, something to that effect, you can definitely uh, start to make adjustments that can improve the situation. So that's kind
1: of where I'm coming from. Right. I just want to say, Don, I'll call you a second. I'm thinking of the Jack Nicholson quote again from A Few Good Men. You say to somebody, but we knew you were unhappy. We were monitoring everything you were saying on the internal chat system, on social media, and the, the mantra for HR would be, you can't handle your own truth. There you go. Donna, talk to us. Go ahead. I, I find that whole thing very
2: fascinating because um, having such a strong background in recruiting, Recruiting tends to be a very reactive type of, of task. And to me, this is fascinating. If this would allow recruiting to become more of a proactive type of task. I mean, the long-term ramifications of what companies could save um, if they knew that an employee or they kind of suspected an employee was about to maybe you know exit the company or start looking for other roles, you know, they could sit down and with the employee and try to find out, you know, why are you unhappy? Why are you starting to look? You know, maybe not that directly because they probably don't want the employee to know that they know. But um, to, to take steps to become a little bit more proactive. And, you know, the cost of turnover is just enormous for companies. It varies depending on the role. But, I mean, this could be such a huge money saver or companies, if they knew proactively that an employee was unhappy looking,
1: you know. Very interesting. Anybody else, Bob or Veronica, comments on it? Bob, go ahead, please.
3: I'm just uh, curious how many of your listeners have seen the movie Megan over the last few months. It was Not, not I. Kind <laughs> of a, a little bit of a horror story about AI, but if you were to watch it, you'd also see that it does a really good job of showing cutting-edge technology, uh, kind of like what Ron was talking about, as far as AI being able to read emotions, interpret emotions, respond accordingly to that emotion, re- you reflect the same emotion back, and things mm-hmm. like that. It really creates all kinds of interesting possibilities.
1: Interesting. And and bots, chatbots, robots aren't supposed to be sentient, no emotions, and yet they are now honing in on the emotions of the humans. They are tracking, investigating, looking. Veronica, join us, please. Well, one of the things that, you know, kind of stands out to me
4: is that we are moving to a reliance on AI to tell us how our employees are feeling versus understanding the cultural components of the organization and what, you know, asks people to stay what 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 is it that people stay for many people talk about the great culture many people talk about the relationships um things that maybe ai may not be able to pick up on right you know they could be sitting around a meeting and i could be maybe sleepy because i didn't have a good night's sleep the night before will ai interpret that as me being disengaged you know but the the reality is there's more to what makes people stay Then I think AI at this
1: current state can pick up. Very interesting. I, I have a friend, a former colleague, and she told me that she was working on a project for a new product, a new solution for a big company. And it was tied to the leadership of a particular manager. Okay, it was tied to his vision and, and he had been planning it and they worked on it for four months. Two days before the announcement, this person said, I'm leaving the company. So this woman talked to me and she said we were really surprised and i said i'm guessing this was in the works for six months to a year because at the level this person was working in this company you just don't it turns out they're now a ceo of another company it didn't happen in two weeks or four weeks So obviously, A.I. Veronica was not looking at the the clues, the breadcrumbs, if you will, of where this person was, uh, ear to the ground, we used to say that. Um, So nobody was honing in on what this person's sentiments were about, I'm getting ready to leave the company, I'm out there. And shock and amazement. So I tried to comfort my friend and she said, no, we worked so hard and now it's all. Well, somebody else will lead that one. Anyway, thank you very much, Ron really good conversation starter. Thank you. Donna, I'd like to combine your prediction number one and two. I think they're, to me, they go together and I think they're interesting and we'll get some good remarks from Veronica and Bob and Ron if they want to raise a little finger at me. So here you say, the number of job applicants using AI to create resumes and cover letters, we didn't talk about that, will continue to grow as this tool has been proven to give these applicants a greater chance of success in securing an interview and ultimately a job. Okay. And then you say fake job applicants will continue to be on the rise as scammers use AI as a way to infiltrate company internal systems for confidential data. Now that's loaded. So Donna, either or both, just go for it, take your three minutes and then we'll see what your colleagues have to say. Go ahead.
2: Okay. I'm going to kind of start with the, uh, with the first one. Um, Mm -hmm. I kind of give you maybe some boring statistics here, but Resume Builder just did a survey of a 1,000 current and recent job hunters. And they found that 46% were using chat box to craft their resumes and cover letters. And as, you know, someone that's been recently applying to jobs, I was kind of surprised. I thought, well, why didn't I do that? You know, if if half of the people are. And of those uh, 46%, 70% 70% saw what they considered a higher response rate to the resumes and cover letters, which I thought was very interesting. And 78% of those folks said that they got interviews and uh, further 59% got hired. And so um, obviously there's a great value to, uh, to using artificial intelligence to help you craft a resume and a cover letter. Um, on the flip side of that, Eleven um, percent said they got rejected when the company found out that they had used artificial what? intelligence. Wow! Yeah. Mhm.
1: Oh my goodness! Don't so let's let's flip over to the fake, the fake
2: stuff. <laughs> okay, the fake stuff. Um, right now, it's it's not really widespread, but um, the FBI is investigating a number of cases, and it is growing. Um, it's mostly in the the high tech sector. But what, the, what they're doing is they're superimposing these fake faces on the voices. And one way that ways that companies can tell is sometimes the lips don't match the audio, or either let's say there'll be like a sneeze or a cough, and the person is not sneezing or coughing. And so um, really the reason that um, scammers are doing this is they are trying to get hired, and then they can infiltrate the company once they get hired because then they'll have access and they have got their foot in the door. Um, so it's not that it's a really widespread problem at this point, but you know, as the scammers become more and more adept at you know being these fake applicants, then you're going to see this you know problem kind of on the rise and um you know there's just different ways that companies can kind of combat this is one they could do thorough investigation you know background checks and that kind of thing and they can as was mentioned earlier about comparing social media you know what's in the social media so yeah it it is on the rise and and companies do need to be aware especially companies that are hiring like hundreds of people at a time. Maybe they're, the recruiters are under so much pressure to bring these people on board and they may take shortcuts or just be overwhelmed. So companies really need to be very aware of
1: this. Thank you very much. Any comments, Ron, go ahead. Yeah, I can
0: I can definitely see this as being more of an issue in companies that are hiring a lot of remote workers. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. probably mm-hmm. probably gonna be the biggest challenge. Um, if you if you can actually get face to face with somebody, then you're pro- you're not going to have that problem. But if all of your interviewing and all of your hiring and all everything is done over video, uh, yeah, it's very possible that that you can have these uh, fake fake people uh, creating roles and and getting involved in a company and getting access. So yeah, quite scary.
1: <laughs> Anybody else? I I have to tell you. Oh, Veronica, please go ahead.
4: I just have to say that, yes, I, I've been hearing a lot about this deep fake, right, and how AI is helping individuals kind of scam the interview process, especially in remote places. And it is a particular area that, again, working in the financial industry really is concerning, right? Um, thorough background checks will definitely help weed out some of these individuals. But um, it's a threat that I think AI, will, uh, that AI poses and that, HR really needs to take into consideration when we're doing our screening, our interviewing, our ability to ask, you know, the correct questions, and really analyze the individuals that we're bringing on board. Um, it's a scary time and a fun time to be in HR right now, but you know, it's it's a reality that we're dealing with.
1: Very well put. I'm I'm thinking, of course, the famous case. I'm originally from New York, and I'm from the district where a certain congressman was elected. And it turned out that almost everything on his resume and background were, were completely falsified. Grossly, majorly, completely. And whatever red flags, of course, it wasn't a job. It was an election. Who was checking? Obviously, the people who needed to check weren't. Or they said, what the heck? And they let it go. I think that's the most famous case. And the question is, where is the oversight? Well, it's kind of too late now. Bob, you wanted to say something.
3: I just think that uh, between the way the discussion between Ron and Donna and Veronica is some great points, and it kind of begs the question: How is what A- what power is AI going to influence remote work? You know, is going to increase it? Is it going to shrink it? Because to Ron's point, one way to combat it is to only meet people in person, but that may not work.
1: It may not work. And as a matter of fact, I'm not picking this one, but, but Bob, your prediction number two is AI will replace some headcount. Jobs will increase for those who can program AI. And you say that by 2035, the workforce will be 43% robotic, according to CBS News. We're not talking about that, but I thought that was interesting going along with what you're saying. Let's go to, Bob, prediction number four. You say AI, let's talk about the function itself, the HR function. AI will produce HR reports faster than any HRIS system and will provide new types of reports that HRIS cannot provide. For those of us who don't know, would you define HRIS? And is this a good thing? What kinds of reports would HR need now, Bob? Sure, Uh,
3: HRIS is Human Resource Information Systems and standard kind of reports that HR uses and gets from HRIS systems are things like uh, their EEO report, their data, uh, degree data, payroll data, benefits data, education data, things like that. But what AI will be able to do is the HR professional will be able to sit there and say, who, which employees should we focus on developing? And AI will be able to answer that by going through everything and analyzing everything. You know, which ones should we, you know, consider for promotion? And AI can do that. You know, it'll be able to produce all kinds of reports that We can't even imagine today Um, through simple English commands as it gets more accurate, becomes more widespread, and, you know, becomes better at interpreting HR questions and all that. It's going to be incredible what it can produce.
1: Thank you very much. Any comments on that from anybody? Donna, go ahead, please.
2: And as somebody in HR management, I would really appreciate something like that. Um, that is one place where I have struggled in the past is trying to get reports to give me data like that. You know, and so to me, I I would love to see that part of artificial intelligence in um, you know the in HR. I think that would be extremely helpful for um, for, for HR management to try to determine, you know, who was who the best who are the best people we have at these particular things.
1: Absolutely. Thank you very much. Good Bob, good points there. Veronica, I just popped in part of your prediction number 3 into the chat for you. And let's talk about the value to applicants. You say I expect more people will use AI in one capacity or another and you can define that to be noticed by talent acquisition systems. As much as we try to think AI is unbiased, I'm not sure that we do. It's only as unbiased as the information we feed it to help us source and select. You're talking about the POV of the HR professional. Very few may use AI to get into positions they're not suited for. The average person will try to leverage AI to be noticed. Love to hear more about this. Veronica, go ahead.
4: Well, you know, as I mentioned kind of in my introduction, I think the frustration that candidates have is that Um, many a times they feel that their resume is going into a void, their information is going into a void, and no one's getting back to them. And if they do get back to them, they get this very, um, I don't know, cold, not very friendly thank you but no thank you letter that doesn't really make you feel really good about, you know, your own skill sets and what you could bring to a company, right? So I think part of the, the, I think, Bonnie, you had sent um, a, an article out about you know um i think it was angry applying or something along those those lines that it's really you know it's building the frustration that people are losing their jobs or they're discontent with their jobs or looking for new jobs that they think they would you know love to um be with this company and and have the skill set but they're not getting picked up so i think a lot of candidates will become you know savvy to the to using the new technology to leverage it right the other piece is that I think as HR professionals, we really need to start looking at building our HRIS teams because part of it is really understanding how do we configure our systems so that we eliminate as much bias as we possibly can through the selection process. I think that's another important piece to this equation is many times I think with their companies, I think it's a little bit more easier because you have more resources to hire those larger teams But I think the small to medium-sized companies are the ones that are going to be struggling with finding the right skill sets in HR that understand systems and systems configuration.
1: Yes, and hiring the right people in HR who have the human touch and can make the judgment. I'm gonna tell you all a little bit about an interview I had many years ago. Ron, whoever raised their hand. Ron, I saw you, go ahead.
0: Yeah, uh, around uh, diversity and inclusion. One of the things that AI can definitely do is take a resume and and uh, blank out or, or mark out some information so that the candidates aren't um, automatically rejected based on you know where they went to school, if it's a, say a, a, a historically black college or something like that, or, or based on their name or based yeah. on even where they worked, right? So AI could pull that information out so that the people who are making decisions don't see that. They just see the the work history, right? The 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 things that are important and apparent, and and really have to do with the job, and and pull their focus away from uh, that bias or unconscious bias that people might have going on.
1: Very interesting, Bob. Talk. I think it, in response
3: to what Veronica was sharing, I think she made some good points and. When I look at higher education, I know that in my roles, I've been pushing higher education to respond to the question, what will the classroom of 2035 need to look like? Will it even have physical walls? Will it all be VR-based, virtual reality? You know, if you want to teach someone about the woolly mammoth, what's better than to put them in front of a woolly mammoth with their VR goggles, you know, and things like that. You know, we know that when people learn from one or two of their senses, their retention's in the low 30 percentile. But when you incorporate four or more senses, that zooms up to 67, 68%. You know, so it makes a huge difference in retention when you can impact that many senses. And, you know, it's gonna change
2: everything.
1: (laughs) Get on board. Anybody Mm -hmm. else on that one? Yeah. Go ahead, Donna, please.
2: Um, I also wanted to add in that that the EEOC is really stepping up their enforcement of biases in the AI systems. Um, One example is um, a company called DICE, D-I-C-E. They just settled with the EEOC for a Title VII violation and that one was a little bit interesting because it was um, the way that they had their system set up, they were excluding um, applicants of um, American origin in favor of um, visa holders, um, mm-hmm. foreign national students and um, and employees. So that was kind of an interesting case that a lot of times it, you know, it, it causes a disparate impact against minorities or folks with disabilities. But this particular case was natural born Americans (laughs) were the ones, you know, that they, they decided that the bias was against.
1: Very interesting. I would love to get some predictions not for this show, but maybe for a future one on who the HR professionals of the future will be. How trained are they to speak to a human being who got past the AI gatekeeper, whose resume may or may not have been flagged as true, who has feelings and a personality, the recruiter, what what kind of mind frame, what kind of headset are they? And I'll give you a real quick, we're almost out of town. I just got a four minute warning from Andrew. Thank you, Andrew, my engineer. Um, I trudged through snow and sleet to get on the train to a job in downtown New York many years ago when I lived on Long Island and I was carrying a portfolio. I was marketing and portfolio of the newsletters. I designed everything big and I had a coat on and boots and gloves and a hat and trudging through the snow. went to this company and I was told that the... HR person who was supposed to interview me, had to suddenly take a phone call from overseas, they called it in those days, and couldn't meet with me. And they asked me to sit in the lobby. So I picked up a book that was about the founders of the company and I read and I took notes. I thought, well, this is great. I'll know things to say about how smart I am about the company. Well, then they decided she was gonna be busy for a long time, so they handed me off to a younger person in HR. And I went in her office and she decided to tell me a bunch of personal stories about herself. And she spent most of the time watching the door behind me over my head, looking like she was either waiting for the other woman to come or she was waiting for her boyfriend to take her to lunch. So I spent the time watching her watch the door over my head, which was a little disconcerting. I finally, two and a half hours later, got to meet with the person from HR. No apology for keeping me waiting two and a half hours. And I told her what I had learned about the company from the book. And she told me the book was wrong and that the founder didn't find it and find it in something like 1848 and that the facts were wrong. And why was I quoting the book? And why was I telling her about that? I never got the job, but that was a commitment of about six hours in the snow going to, I know, Veronica's poor Bonnie, poor Bonnie. So I would say, I hope they've overhauled the sentient, the emotions and the, the shall we say the skill sets of human interviewers to meet with people who in this day and age get through the AI either in their resumes or in the application or online to get to that exciting part of meeting with a real recruiter face to face. What is that like? If you all want to come back to me with predictions about the future, Donna, of, of what HR, who will be in HR? in the next five years in the age of AI. I'd love to do a part two. On that note, I want to say thank you very much. Everybody give Ron Katz around. Come on, one round of applause here for engaging all of you. The only way I can do this show 50 episodes a year is if people like Ron generously engage People, he or she, or they know. Uh, Bob, it's been delightful meeting you. I'm going to talk to you about another show. Donna as well and and Veronica as well. And a shout out also to Andrew, my engineer. I have a quick homework assignment for all of you. Don't go away. We're going to take pictures. I want you all to raise your finger in a no, 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 like this. No, no, no. And on the count of three, you're going to join me say no, no, no. So people say the future is already here. And our answer is one two, three. No, 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 no. That was about the best I've ever had because that was yesterday's future. Or that was the future three seconds ago. The future of now isn't here yet, but it's going to be any second. Whoops, That was the future. It's gone already. We're all going to do our best to make it a better one. Bonnie D signing off. Thank you all Till everybody. Wave to Lincoln. Wave to Facebook. Wave to voice America.